Welcome to the Harvest Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that it will encourage and inspire you. Enjoy this week's message. Bring you greetings again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and due to the extension of the CMCO, we are not able to meet physically, but we thank God for this modern technology that we are able to uh, see you again online. And uh, this morning, you know, I've been praying for some time about starting a short series on running on empty. Running on empty. Now, those of us who have cars knows the feeling when the gauge reach empty. We know what it means when we are driving on an empty tank. The anxiety, the stress that it causes, and sometimes if we are not careful, we'll be you know, driving and then the car will come to a stop. It means that we have run out of fuel. And so this morning, I'd like to short a, uh, start a short series, maybe a couple of weeks, uh, on this theme, running on empty. Now, this expression, running on empty, is found in the Cambridge Dictionary. It says, if a person or an organization is running on empty, you, they have no new ideas and are not as effective as they were before. And to continue to work and be active when you have no more energy left. And so it's an expression that is now even accepted in the Cambridge Dictionary. Running on empty, that means we are running without energy and stamina left. And there are 10 reasons why we can run out, run out of, of guests. Number one, and this is parallel to our life as well. It can also you know, speak to your marriage. It can speak to your ministry. It can speak to your work. It speaks to every aspect of our life. When we are running on empty, in other words, we are running out of stamina. We are running out of passion. We are running out of enthusiasm. We are running out of energy. And let me suggest to you this morning, number one, how can we run out of gas? Number one, not starting with a full tank. And this is very, very rampant with all of us here. Our tank in our car is not always full. Number two, been too busy to pause and refuel. Sometimes in the busyness of life, you know, we, we go from one place to another, but we don't take time to refuel. And, and this can happen to all of us here. In the busyness of our life, there is also no time to really take time to refuel. Number three, unaware that there's hidden leaks that are draining us. And it can apply to us. Sometimes there's a leaking somewhere and you find that, you know, slowly but surely, the tank begins to deplete. Same thing with our life. You know, when we have leakage somewhere, you find something is leaking. Number four, ignoring the owner's manual and pushing our car further than it was created to be. And sometimes we know that, you know, when we push ourselves to a limit, you'll find it leads to breakdown. Number five, hurry. You know, the faster we drive, the 
faster we run out of gas. Some of us are heavy, have heavy food, and you know when you press the accelerator, you know you consume much more fuel than normal driving. And many times we push ourselves too. You know, we want to get from one place to another. We want to, you know, be quick. And in the process of doing that, we consume more. Number six, we get distracted. And many times in the busyness of life and business of heavy traffic, suddenly you look at the gauge and you find out it is empty. Why? You have not prepared yourself or margin your time to fill the gas. And this can happen to us when we get distracted in life and lose focus in a busyness of our busy life, you realize that you often forget to refuel. Number seven, being overloaded. The more you carry, the sooner you will run out of gas. And we often lie this lie to ourselves. We say, I can handle this, never mind, we can keep going on. And you realize that this is not true. Number eight, pressure to do it now and and we put on on rapid acceleration and we waste more gas and sometimes in a hurried life this is how we find ourselves at the end of the day depleted of energy depleted of passion depleted of determination number nine pride unite assuming that the limit of my tank don't apply you know, we realize sometimes we, we see, you know, it's okay. E means enough. No, you know, there will come a time. You will come that your tank will be empty and you will get stalled in the middle of nowhere. And, and that will be very, very frustrating. And number 10, no margin, not allowing time to fill up. Now, all these can happen to any one of us who drive cars. You know, there must be regular refilling there must be margin for us to refuel. And so this morning, I want to speak to you on one particular aspect on running on empty, and that word is passion. I repeat, that word is passion. And what does the word mean? Now Webster Dictionary says, passion is an intense emotional excitement. An intense emotional emotion that compels us to action. Strong desire or devotion to some object, activity, or concept. That is passion. That is passion. Now, opposite of passion is a number of words. And this can also happen to all of us. Just as passion is intense, emotionally, emotion that compels us to action, the opposite of passion means indifferent, apathy, cold, no interest, detached, lethargy, lethargic, passive, weary, lifeless. And I'm sure... In our daily conversation, in our daily contact with people around us, we do come across people who are detached, who are lifeless, who are passive, who have no interest in whatever that is happening around them. They are tired, they are passive, they are lifeless, 
they are indifferent to whatever that is happening and in short they are running on empty and that is they are running out of passion why is passion so important why is passion such an important ingredient in our life why because when you don't have it it doesn't motivate us anymore for example passion is the oxygen of the soul if we don't have passion we are not alive some of us are walking like the living dead there there is nothing exciting about us we are there but not present and passion energize our life you find that passion is the the fuel that that pushes us on and when you are empty on passion there is no drive in us every morning waking up every morning is a chore there is nothing to look forward to passion propel us to greatness in life you see if you want to achieve anything for god you need passion for example passion changes our attitude you find when we are passionate about passionate about things our whole attitude towards that person that project that object changes so passion is so important because when you and i have passion it changes our behavior when we are passionate about golf when we are passionate about gardening when we are passionate about shopping when we are passionate about food you find the golfers among us have no problem waking up in the morning they are passionate some of us are passionate about food we will travel the length and breadth just to visit a particular restaurant or a shop that is famed for some kind of food and then when we are passionate about traveling there is no problem we are willing to spend money to travel when you are passionate about someone that you love you don't mind spending great time or much time with them and so passion changes our behavior as well so number 6 passion is contagious usually when you are in the company of a passionate person you know it doesn't take long you can feel the passion in their voice you can see the passion in their eyes you can you can feel the emotion that exudes from there why passion is contagious so surround yourself with passionate people passionate about god passionate about music passionate about serving god and you know what passion is a positive obsession when a person is passionate they are positively impacted by what they were they are pursuing obsession is a negative passion you see when we are obsessed with someone when we are obsessed with a sickness when we are obsessed with certain fear you find they take over and is a negative passion passion increases the will power when you are passionate about something you find it increases the will power and that's why passion is so important in a person's life and the bible has plenty to say about passion been passionate for example romans chapter 12 verse 11 tells us never lacking in zeal in passion 
keep your spiritual favor and serving the Lord. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. Keep your passion towards Him boiling hot, radiant with the glow of the Holy Spirit and fill Him with excitement as you serve Him. The Passion Translation tells that. And the Bible also tells us in Mark chapter 12, you shall love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Now that is passion. And that, in fact, the Passion Translation says this, you are to love the Lord Yahweh, your God, with every passion of your heart with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you, and with all your strength, this is the great and the supreme commandment. Wow, that's a requirement. The first requirement that we are to love the Lord passionately. And then in Colossians, the Bible tells us, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord, not unto man. So in other words, we are to be passionate about something. All of us are passionate people. It depends on what you are passionate about. Some of us are passionate about sports. Maybe football or golf. Some of us, if there's a live telecast going on, you don't mind staying up 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning. If you are ardent golfers, you don't mind slogging out in the hot sun. You don't mind traveling the north-south. As long as you have an opportunity to play golf, you will go. So passion gives us the enthusiasm to do things. Same thing with those who are, who are passionate about traveling, those who love food, those who love shopping, those who love fashion, those who love cars. Man, when you surround yourself with people who are passionate about what they talk about, there is a glow in their eyes, there's an excitement in their voice. You can feel the excitement coming from there. And a lot of us, you know, we are passionate Passionate. Some are passionate about wine, some are passionate about, about gardening, some are passionate about gadgets. And, and I heard, you know, the other days, uh, a group of people talking about PlayStation 5, you know, they are lamenting why, you know, Malaysian cannot get it, Singapore have already got it, and, and they are passionate about the PlayStation 5. And so, young or old, gentlemen or ladies, we are all passionate people. Unfortunately, we don't translate that passion to things that really matter. Most of the time, we are running on empty. Some of us are no longer passionate about marriage. Some of us are no longer passionate about loving and serving God. Some of us are no longer passionate about the work. In fact, there is a statistics. Why do we lack passion? What are the passion killers in life? Number one, unclear purpose. When you and I don't have a clear purpose, we lose passion. There's a survey done, you know, there's a survey done across 142 countries. When they were asked the question about their work, 
shocking result came back and suggested that 13%, only one over eight of the thousands of people they did the survey with are passionate about their work. Can you imagine? We spend more than one third of our life working and less than 13% are passionate about what they do. Can you imagine every morning when they wake up, it's a chore going to work. Can you imagine every one out of eight person, one eight of the workforce no longer feel passionate with what they do. And it is sad. That's why there is a saying that say, chase your passion, not your pension. Sometimes we just tolerate. Why? Because we are so close to our pension. And whether we enjoy what we do or not, because the passion is within sight. And so we just tolerate and hopefully we will reach the age of 55 or 60. And then once we qualify for the pension, we gladly retire. And so we find ourselves staying in a job that we hate, staying in a marriage trap, staying in a circumstances, a situation where we are no longer passionate about. No wonder Many lives are running on empty. Someone once said, Sir Edmund Appleton, a Nobel Prize winner said this, In my work, i rather have a second-class person with passion than a first-class person with apathy. That means you may be talented, you may be gifted, but if you don't have passion, you're not wanted. You are not wanted. And we see passion. Sometimes we lose passion. But thank God, passion can be restored. And I pray this morning, all those who are listening in, perhaps along life's road and life's journey, we have lost some of our passion. To the one of the seven churches, Jesus wrote, it says, you are neither hot, you are neither cold, you are lukewarm. I will splew you out from my mouth. Why? Because you have lost that passion. And it happens to one of Jesus' closest disciples. In John chapter 21, here is Peter and John. The Lord is no longer with them. The risen Lord has risen. And John chapter 21 tells us they had unclear purpose. They did not know what to do with their life. And so Peter suggested to his friends, let's go fishing. And John chapter 21 tells us they set out on the boat. They fished all night and caught no fish. And then on the way back, about a thousand yards from the shore, they heard someone crying out, Children, do you have any fish? And in, re in response to that voice, they said, we have, sp we have spent all night fishing and caught nothing. And that same voice instructed them and said, Why don't you put your net on the right? And when they did that, they brought in the biggest harvest that they ever had. And then John, in that moment, recognized that it is the Lord. And we read here, when John said it is the Lord, the passion that Peter lost came upon him 
when it is the Lord, Peter didn't wait for any more initiative. It is said that as soon as it, he heard it was the Lord, he jumped into the water and swam towards the shore where Jesus was. Now, friends, that is what I call passion. When you are passionate, you don't wait. When you are passionate, you want to be there first. When you are passionate, you will do something that is unconventional. You will jump into the water. That is passion. And we also see this in the life of you know, two disciples on the road to Emmaus. You know, we, we read here, their face were downcast. Why? Because the Lord has been crucified. And then the risen Lord came alongside with them and began to talk to them. And then in verse 32, out of that encounter, they say, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road? You see, passion came back to them as the word of as, as the Lord spoke to them about things to, that will happen. And so, ladies and gentlemen, friends, I don't know at what point you are at. Maybe some of us are running empty on passion. Some of us have lost a great degree of passion, whether for your work, for your marriage, for your job. For even coming to church and serving the Lord. You may be saying, you know, I've been a Christian for many, many years. I've seen it all. I have heard it all. But I pray that this morning, God will restore passion. If you want to be triumphant in your Christian life, we need passion. If you want to be an overcomer, we need passion. Because passion is an emotion that propels us forward. And so it's important. Secondly, another passion killer is unbalanced schedule. Unbalanced schedule. Either we are overworked or underworked, either way we tend to lose our passion. Apathy isn't a state of mind. It is a state of heart. Our hearts slowly become cold. This is where... We, become, we lose emotion, we lose feeling. There is no more drive in us. We become to show indifference and apathy to the people that we love. The things that we once enjoy no longer brings thrill. The things that, that brought excitement is no longer thrilling anymore. And, and it is important. And, and sometimes we get it wrong. All right? We get it wrong. And this is where when we become lopsided in our lifestyle, we get it wrong. And I used to serve you know, under a, a senior pastor who doesn't believe, who didn't believe in resting. You know, he, he said this, you know, the only vacation and rest you have will be when you get to heaven. All right? Then we have eternity to rest. And, 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 and later in ministry, I begin to realize that, that he said this. The devil never rests. The devil never rests. Later in life, I realized that the devil is not supposed to be our model and example. Jesus, during his three years ministry, rested many times. 
In fact, it is recorded in Matthew 11, he said to the people, Come unto me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. In 1 Kings 19, Elijah the prophet burned out and the Lord instructed him to go on a journey and allow the angel to feed him, allow the angel to strengthen him. Why? Because he was living a life that was over gear. And so the only thing about Christianity is not moderate important. There is no such thing, C.S. Lewis once said, no such thing as a casual Christian. Let me summarize what I'm going to say. In closing, passion has nothing to do with age. Sometimes the older one among us think, you know, let the younger ones do the job. Pastor, we have served our time, you know, we are now retired, let the younger ones. And they think that passion has to do with age. No, it's so wrong because we read here in Joshua chapter 14. Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgeh, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, said to him, You know what the Lord hath said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and about me. Now, just as the Lord has promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since that time, he said that to Moses, while Moses moved about in the wilderness, so today, here am I at 85 years old. I am, not I was, I am still as strong today as the day of Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous, I'm just as passionate to go out to battle as I was then. So Caleb is a shining example that at the age of 85, he still had passion. In fact, he went on to ask for a mountain. Give me this mountain. Friends, sometimes we allow our age to slow us down. Sometimes we allow the age factor. We, we sometimes say to ourselves, you know, our season is over. But Caleb said, give me this mountain at the age of 85. Passion has very little to do with age. Passion is not a sensation. Passion is a decision. And so to all those young and old, I want to challenge you this morning. Passion is not a sensation. It's a decision. If you today make up your mind that you want to serve the Lord, the Lord will open up more for opportunity for you. And, and passion has nothing to do with personality. In fact, John Wesley said this, light up yourself on fire with passion and the people will come for miles to watch you burn. So anything that is filled with passion, the people will come, all right, because they are drawn to passion and it's so important. Secondly, Passion has little to do with personality. Sometimes we think those who are extrovert, those who are outgoing, they are the ones that are passionate. This is not so. This is not so. Second Timothy tells us, 
For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For the Spirit of God does not make us timid, but give us power, love, and self-discipline. So I want to encourage you. Sometimes we feel, you know, uh, uh, passion has to do with people who are more extrovert you know, more talkative, you know, pastor, I'm a very quiet, shy, I have a shy personality. I want to tell you, passion has nothing to do with personality. Just as passion has very little to do with age. And thirdly, passion has little to do with circumstances. Sometimes we ask ourselves, how can we be passionate in this difficult time? During this pandemic, how can we be triumphant in this pandemic? Paul and Silas, they were thrown into prison. It was a negative circumstances that have overtaken them. And yet, the fire in their bones will not let them be still. They begin to sing unto the Lord. Paul, later, he was in prison, but the passion in him drove him to write the four prison epistles. Today, we are blessed with Philippians. We are blessed with Ephesians, one of a wonderful epistle. We are blessed with Colossians. We are blessed with Philemon. These four letters were written by Apostle Paul when he was in prison. He didn't allow the negative circumstances to dampen his passion. I don't know what circumstances you are in this morning, but I pray no matter how trying it may be, no matter how difficult it may be, I pray the spirit of triumphant will rise within you and say, God, I will not be put down by these circumstances. I want to challenge you to rise in your spirit wherever you are. Let the passion of God, let the spirit of God stir you up that your gifting will once again be evident. And then finally, passion has little to do with gender. Passion has very little to do with gender. In the sight of God, there is no male and female. And sometimes the ladies feel that this is a man's job. But I want to tell you, the ladies were the last at the cross, but they were the first at the tomb. So I want to encourage you ladies. It has nothing to do with gender. Ladies were proven faithful. They were steadfast. They were very last at the cross. And they were very first at the tomb. Passionate. Passionate. So this morning, I want to encourage you. Are you running on an empty tank? Are you feeling indifferent to all that is happening? Detach 
You don't feel anymore. You don't feel the excitement anymore. Something has happened. You are running on empty. The passion, the life that we once have is drained out. I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you are, feeling tired, feeling that sense of energy depleting you, feeling that there's a certain emptiness that has left you. I pray that this morning, wherever you are, God will renew our passion for Him again. In this difficult time, may the Spirit of God stir us up. In this challenging time, may the Spirit of God fill us once again with divine energy, with divine life, that we will once again be empowered by His presence, filled with His passion to serve Him. Once we are passionate again, we walk differently, we talk differently. There is, there is that excitement, there is that fire in our bones. And people around us will feel the passion. Allow me to pray for you this morning, wherever you are, that God will minister to you. Once again, renew that passion in each and every one of us. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for all those who are listening in. We need you. There may be people among us, Lord, who have feel so detached, indifferent to all that is happening around them. No more energy, no more passion. The devotion that they once have is no longer in them. You said, lukewarm, Lord, no more hot, no more cold. I pray for all those who are listening in this morning. Fill us once again with thy Holy Spirit. Fill us with your power once again. Fill our hearts with passion once again. Heal marriages that have gone cold. Heal affection that have gone cold. Lord, churches, Lord, especially those who find their work and their job a chore, that is a daily struggle where they have to get up in the morning. They find no more excitement, no more thrill in going out to work. I pray that you will recharge us again with a clear sense of purpose. We also pray, O Lord God, that you will renew us with strength. They who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And in Jesus' name, Lord, to all those who are listening in, may your spirit energize us. May your spirit fuel us once again that we'll be running on food no longer running on empty. And so in Jesus' name, we release victory, passion, 
once again to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.